it's Thursday, 7th of April, and you're listening to the Game Grin Grincast. I'm your gloriously returning host, Hamiltonius, after a, a, what I'm sure you all think is a too long, two-week absence. And I'm joined today by a crew comprised of Ace. Hello. MZ. Hello. And Vodka. Hello. And today our main topic will be whether the gaming audience in general, whether they're ready for Doom, whether a game of, if the new upcoming Doom is similar to its uh, inspiration and it's just a go here, kill that game, will that be enough for today's gamers who love things like COD and Battlefront and things like that? But as always, we'll uh, jump into some recent news first. And the first of which will be that Far Cry Primal is getting a survival mode. Uh, maybe because Ubisoft don't think their main story can last the test of time. It's in- including a new survival mode from April 12th, which will make things a lot harder for everyone trying to live in that 10,000 BC setting. Uh, the minimap's gone. The fog of war is increased. Uh, you don't have... Uh, you, you do have, rather, permadeath, and beast taming is harder. Um... Will it get people to buy the game or stick with it? Does anyone think yes, no? Or is it just a little ploy that will peter out in, in, in any case? I think it's a way to get people to, to replay it. Um, people do enjoy playing um, the Fallout games multiple times due to the uh, survival mode. Yeah, um, I, I think that um, it's more kind of going to get fans that already like the game to play potentially for a little bit longer i don't think it's going to entice anybody new in yeah i was just going to say that i mean it's going to i think it's going to do something quite interesting um because whereas i i don't know like you look at fallout series it it always had like the survival mode which was quite challenging and quite fun um but because i feel that in a way fallout was more prepared for that than than um Fire Primal, but Fire Primal because it, it's well of Fire Like I don't know, it, it, survival mode in Fire Cry Three and Fire Cry Four, which is which are the ones that I played, and as far as I know about Primal, um, it just doesn't fit. Uh, it doesn't seem to fit very, very well. At least compared to like how the the survival mode in Fallout was implemented. So I think that if, uh, well, I I don't know how the survival mode it is uh, specifically. But I think it could do something interesting. Personally, I've never been one for for survival modes. Like the the easier the mode, the the better for me. Yes, turn <laughs> it straight down to casual. Do you think that uh, this should have been included from the start? And why do you think it wasn't? Probably development times. Uh, it would have been nice if it was in, put in in the start. But I mean, do you think that it was kind of a case of they made it and then held it back? to kind of release it later on to increase longevity or do you think that they were like oh god this is doing really badly what can we do and then did it i think it's more like because realistically there's always a mismatch between the developers and and the and the publishers and i think the publishers the developers may have thought like oh we've got this great idea for new fire cry and then the the publishers were like actually just shut up for a bit. We're doing our thing because we put the money, and then and then we sur- they surveyed the market and they were like, actually, it may work. I don't know. It did pretty well. So well, roguelikes um, are always good, a safe uh, genre. They they um, tend to get their fans and very ardent fans. So um, perhaps they were they're trying to um, 
with with a survival mode. They're trying to do uh, rogue light. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I don't know. Survival mode, like the campaign of um. I don't know if survival mode turns it into permadeath though, uh, because I thought it was just I thought it was just like um, you know, you need to sleep, you need to eat, you need to drink. That's what that's what it is in the Fallout games. Um, I I also wasn't aware that it was permadeath. Let me uh, yeah, I'd be, reread I'd be screwed it. with that. Yeah, I think I think such a long campaign, because uh, cause realistically, yeah, the campaign is what six hours, but then all the side missions or like. Um, Getting all the posts, uh, etc. That that takes ages, and having permadeath there is such a hassle. Doesn't doesn't survivor mode just either set your auto save to every thirty seconds, or actually just save every thirty seconds? Well, not with permadeath, it isn't. Well, yeah, but you just save all the time, and then you've only got to go back and reload a save. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That seems something like that, actually. I'm. I'm... I was actually going to ask because it doesn't. Uh, there isn't anything specific that says that survivor mode is its own thing, or whether it, you know you have to continue with the campaign. But I can't see many people wanting to, apart from those people who want to, you know, say that they did the entire campaign on survivor mode. People who might who would try and then attempt the campaign. <laughs> Surely most people will want to use it as just sort of a a role playing kind of thing um, to immerse themselves in the world. I think the problem is n- nobody here plays on survival mode. Of- or, or very hard, so um, we we don't know. Speak for yourself. Well, well, well Kate, can you count. explain why? Uh, well, I I played on the um, I used to play survive the survival mode on Fallout New Vegas, and uh, installed the um, the the mod that was on Skyrim that meant that you got like cold and hypothermia and things like that. And oh, that was a good mod. Um, yeah, I always like those mods. To be honest, um, I always play the first run. Without the mod, but then if I play it again, I always put the mod on. So I do. I in a way I do play survival mode. Yeah, it gives you those little. Uh, you get extra moments playing in survival modes than you don't get otherwise, like running out of ammunition, or um, I remember. I, I think the first thing I did in the one I had it installed on Skyrim was I tried to I sw- swam across a river uh, in the snow area and then died of hypothermia about ten minutes later. So you know. Little things that come up and surprise you. It's an interesting way of adding a twist to the game, I suppose. And obviously, and what, you know, without actually having played the, the Survivor mode, because it comes out on April 12th, we, we don't really know how it's going to really fit into the existing structure. Once you have hypothermia, are you, are you done? Uh, I mean, on the you, Skyrim you... one? Yeah. Uh, no, that's, it's not a permadeath one. But uh, you get, you, it's one of the it's things you tend to forget when you play games like this when they start telling you that you have to eat and you have to drink and you have to stay warm and things like that. You, um, yeah. It does hamstring you slightly. So it's not, really, it's not really a mod for those who want to, you know, gallivanting around Skyrim, completing the main quest. It's for uh, people who want to, I don't know, have more, more of a challenge and want him wandering around, I guess, being feeling like you're an explorer. Yeah, if you've played the game like a million times as well and you love the game, but like you kind of want something different to do, that's the sort of thing that adds to it. And and there is, let's not forget, an entire genre of survival games, first-person survival games, in stuck in early access. Yeah, yeah. And they're still bringing out more, for some reason. Mm. Well, uh, we'll move on from 10,000 BC to, or could, I suppose, equally be called 10,000 AD, although I don't even know what the timeline is. 
But um, war has broken out in EVE Online. And not just any war, the largest war the game has ever seen uh, that has been brewing for some time since the last uh, Great War, as far as I can recall from my, my EVE lore knowledge, which is, which is at the minimum a, you know, a, a curious observer at most. But uh, a, the group that won the last war, uh, who have been referred to as the Imperium ever since, uh, eventually pissed off every other group and clan in the, the EVE Online universe who have now grouped together into what is a huge intergalactic war. Uh, the speci- the funny thing with EVE Online Wars is that when people's ships die, they, it, it's real-world money being lost. Thousands and thousands <laughs> of pounds worth of money. Um, so it's something incredible that's going on on EVE and something that... I mean, the, the, the battles get uh, slowed down by like something like an eighth of the speed that they usually are, so they could tend to last for ages. But it's already, there's a number of names going around: the Eastern War, the Northern War, World War B, the Mercenary Wars, etc., etc., etc. But yeah, it's a pretty remarkable thing, um, and probably won't see it happen again for a, for a long time. I don't know which side's com- coming out on top. You can't really tell. But um, what do people think about the, this sort of event happening in a game like Eve? Makes me want to play Eve, to be honest. Um, I when I used well, back in the day, back in the day on World of Warcraft, like a long time ago, we used to have these massive PvP events, which don't necessarily happen so much anymore. Where we just we just like show up at the crossroads and just start killing stuff, and there'd be like tons of us, and we'd have loads of raid groups, and we'd just for hours and hours and hours, mm-hmm. and it's so much fun. You just have such a laugh doing it. Um, and this seems very kind of similar, that just kind of huge PvP sort of event where like it's just en masse. It find it I find it really appealing. Not me, it goes back to the um survival mode. I'm I'm gonna fly into battle, I'm gonna lose everything, I'm gonna be back to zero, I'm gonna t- never return to the game. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that as as much fun as it sounds wasting a lot of money and yeah it just seems unreasonable for me but it's you know it's it's in game money isn't it no it's real no money. no it's it's real money what the uh <laughs> the, the, the supplies I retract all of my previous statements the supplies in the in-game currency in eve translates across to real-time money because it's basically the same as a timeshare right um, okay so these massive ships that are being blown apart are worth up to thousands of dollars worth of Supplies and stuff, and it's like this is this is why it's so such such a dramatic event because it's taken a long yeah. time building up to this. And people are really putting everything on the line to try on and the squash line. the Imperium. Oh god, that's that's still pretty cool though. Like, yeah, I guess that's why it doesn't happen very often. <laughs> I mean, but it's happened before. Yeah, the yeah. last the last great battle happened. I think that Wasn't one was a like coincidence. Two years ago. Yeah, I think I think basically it was a small skirmish that then escalated into a giant battle. And it crippled two out of three sides so badly that the third side then became the overarching like clan. And Eve's just an incredibly complex universe. It's a universe within a universe. I mean, these people have like, I mean, there's 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 like World of Warcraft clans, for example, and then there's Eve clans who have people in real life who infiltrate other clans and work with them for years while secretly working for the other side. It's just, <laughs> oh, it's just amazing. mind-bogglingly complex. 
I'm reading up about this. Uh, apparently the last one was in January 2014 and it was the Clusterfuck Coalition and Russian Alliances Against the N3 and Pandemic Legion. <laughs> oh my god. I want to play this game so bad. It cost around $300,000 in damage. Yeah. That's oh insane. Goodness. Jesus. An estimated I... 11 trillion ISK, which is their currency. ISK. And 21-hour-long conflict. And the, the, well, if if you die in... Uh, if your ship gets blown up in EVE, do you lose your character progress? Because I, I was reading that some progress... You, you, you level up in EVE in real time, even yeah. when you're not playing. So... I just can't get my head around losing so much progress. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just seems, yeah, can't can't deal with it. Hardcore. Yeah. It's it's so it was such a I don't know what this one's going to be called eventually, but it was such a large event that it's got its own Wikipedia page that is set out like an actual battle from history. The bloodbath of BR five RB. Part of the talk. Halloween War. Our kids will talk about this. And, and the kids of our kids. The thing is, it's got it's got commanders and leaders on there, and it's just like it's just like, it is like something out of a sci-fi, um, a sci-fi. Don't book. you love that though? Don't, don't I think I wish I wish Defiance had become something like that. It is quite uh, quite amazing the the um, amount of lore that that has built up over the years. Yeah. Well, how old is how old is Eve now? Oh Christ. Um, uh, 13 years or so, I think. Wow. Just about that. I think it's coming up to its 13th year. How, but... how old is World of Warcraft? Uh, ten, 10 years. Was Ele- the, 11, they had their, yeah. 11, yeah, they yeah. had their 10th, 10th anniversary last year. Yeah, so 11 years. I thought yeah. for some reason, I thought World of Warcraft was like older than Eve. Probably because you had Warcraft around before that. So, like, as a franchise, it had been around for longer, but World of Warcraft wasn't. It's it's strange to think that um, Eve Online launched when some of our staff were you know, just starting their, just starting primary school. <laughs> yeah, nursery kids. Some of us, and I'd only just started <laughs> secondary school. Uh. There you go. Uh, they do say the only way to win EVE Online is to stop playing it. <laughs> that's, what heard, that's what ex-EVE oh, that's, Online players that's say. brilliant, actually. Oh, my God. Um, <laughs> that's probably, it's probably the same with so many games, actually. Um, isn't, isn't it the same way to win meth? <laughs> what, what, as in the drug? Yeah. Oh, no, the, okay. the video game. I was like... MC. I was like I was like, what, what, what game's called that Mesh? That video sounds game. really cool. Um, it's very addictive, MZ. You know Re- what I'm like, aha. Uh-huh. But I feel there's so many games like that. Like, uh, Well, you might you probably know that I play now and then Rainbow Six Siege. And, uh, Do you? What? Yeah, apparently it's a good game. It's a brilliant game. And, I, don't uh, think, I don't think anyone knows says that. <laughs> some people, so I heard. Not my opinion. <laughs> And uh, and uh, it, it's sometimes quite frustrating, not only because people hack quite a lot, but also because the netcode, well, it, it, it's got some, 
it's fixed most of its issues, but there are still some issues that, that are still there, and you get very frustrated with it. So I feel that there's the same. Like you need to, you need to, you know, live it in order to beat it. I I, I like that same. That does it. Join me over at the. Uh... I've literally never heard that saying. You know, that Rainbow Six is just a, game, a good game. For for the year that uh, I didn't play Football Manager, I, I was probably a happier person. Or was I? I don't know. <laughs> I, 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 no. I, can, I can no longer think of life before continuously Game clicking the, the continue button. On, <laughs> I, d- on I don't manager. know what it's like to be obsessed or addicted to a game. Hey, I'm not addicted. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Well, how many hours have you put into World of Warcraft, MC? Um, about 900. Jesus! It's not that much over 10 years. Over 10 years, I guess it's not that much. Um, But the game that I play the most is Battlefield 3, and I discovered it like five days ago, and I spent like 100 hours. Sorry, no, this is... um, It's 900 days played. My bad. Oh. Oh my God. That's a lot worse. (laughs) I was going to say, 900 hours isn't that much at all. Yeah. Well, I was... Yeah. Slash played, nine hundred days played. Whoops, Hold that's on. Let me just, let me just grab the calculator. Oh my I, god, I, I haven't played any franchises that much. That can be two hundred and sixteen thousand hours. <laughs> wow, I don't believe. no, that can be. That can be like that Alex, can't be right. This is why Alex, I never touched World of Warcraft. I, so, I haven't played Sonic games that much, my, and, and I love Sonic games altogether. From uh, from two thousand and nine. Up to now, on Football Manager, I have about 5,000 to 6,000 hours. Yeah, exactly. And you leave your laptop on with, with um, Football yeah. Manager going on. It must be wrong. So I'm going to double check. 900 hours, that means that for three years, almost three years, three years <laughs> and a half, you just left your computer on and played I'm going to have to check because I'm quite disturbed right now. <laughs> what are you going to do if you find out that, that is actually the right figure? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm never going to play World of Warcraft ever again. I mean, you should have never played it at the from for that. No, because if I hadn't played World of Warcraft, I wouldn't have Jacob. And I probably wouldn't be working for Gamegrim because I met my best friend through World of Warcraft and then bought her house. So, yeah, there you go. Oh. No. Alright, well. Moving on. On that, on that lovely heartwarming note, we'll move on to the, the last piece of news for the main topic, um, which is that Sega has uh, finally completed the acquisition of Atlas. If you're unaware who Atlas are, they make uh, the Shin Megami Tensei and um, Persona game series and a lot of other Japanese games. Uh, they've not been in very good straits the last few years, but so- Sega sort of took them under their wing in 2013 and split them off a little bit in 2014, but they finally actually completed it now. So good news for fans of Shin Megami Tensei and Persona and probably for fans of Japanese games coming to the West in general. Um, but I thought I'd, I'd tack on to the end of this. Um, is that something you want, you, you, you people would like to see more often? Big publishing companies taking on these smaller places and not, not running them into the ground like EA, um, <clears throat> but some, uh, you know, keep, <laughs> keeping them on and helping them develop more games. If that's what happens, then amazing. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I was just going to say that. Like, we don't know 
if that's actually what's going to happen. Um, to be honest, I couldn't care less about Persona and the other one that I can't pronounce. Um, Shin Megami Tensei. Well, you're a man of the, wor- of the world, Alex. I am not. <laughs> a man of the world. Wow. I'm um, genuinely flattered. <laughs> um, you're blushing now, aren't you? Uh, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, about this particular case, I really couldn't care less. Um, and because all the, I, I just can't, I just don't know if that many companies that, that actually, you know, uh, disappear are worth keeping. Cause like, we always say like, we, in the podcast, we've talked about so many companies that, that just, you know. They they go broken like they 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 get bought and they just uh, close. Uh, but for me, I can't remember any company that I'm like, oh yeah, I wish they were still around. Um, particularly because most of them are on to newer projects. So like, I don't know. I just I just don't see any need for companies being like, you know, their life being prolonged. Definitely. Um, the the. Another problem is when um, big companies start buying lots and lots of little companies, um, they, they, they're they diversifying their assets more and there's more risks of, if they get into financial troubles, these uh, smaller studios being shut down. Take uh, THQ, for instance. They, they had over a dozen studios under their umbrella and, and yeah, they folded. Mm. Well, I think Sega might be, you could think, as a relatively stable publisher. I mean, they have Creative Assembly and Sports Interactive, who do Total War and Football Manager, respectively. Just as long as they stop making Sonic Boom games. Well, this is what I was going to say. I think it, maybe it's a good thing because maybe Sega are going to stop making bloody Sonic games. But um, I think that there needs to be more Japanese games over here. There's so many, there's so many great games in Japan that don't ever get released here and like we we end up just with the you know interactive novel ones which I personally love but there's lots of other games that would be really great to get on over here okay google gal gun g a l g u n on it just play, just play some elevator music while everyone's googling oh yeah yeah um it's 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 an on rail shooter. It's, just just for clarification, it's a gal G A L Star Gun G U N. Sorry, it's an on rail shooter where you shoot uh, uh, teenage girls with a love ray to make them orgasm and show you their underwear. Which which I think that reinforces MC's point. More games go to the west. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> I, I, I'd just like to add that one actually is coming to the It's Japan, you're oh so crazy. God. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not... You know, there are lots of Japanese games that I like, but I feel that... Like that most one. Of the, like this one, yeah. This is a very good example, actually. Um, I love, actually, downloading it now, buying it. All, all my assets invested in Galgon. 
seriously. Uh, I think that... <laughs> Have you li- listened to this? Armed with pheromone shots, the player keeps the girls at bay by shooting them, making them drop to the floor in dizzy ecstasy while trying to cultivate a romance with one of the four main female leads. What is this game? Well, I'm going to be honest to you, MC. I don't think any of us took it seriously from the beginning. I think we were all joking when we said that we were excited about this game. <laughs> really? I think you'd all play it. <laughs> Don't lie to me. I know you would. A hundred percent. hundred percent it. But yeah, I, I don't know. I like all the games because I've got a um, friend that is Japanese and every now and then he plays Japanese games that I've never heard of. Um, and all of them seem quite boring to me. So if I had to say all the games that are coming to the West... Actually, not even all of them, but like only in the games, only in the smaller ja- amount of Japanese games that are coming to the West, I can I can find games that I actually like. So again, I I'm so half-assed about everything. I just don't give a shit about everything, don't I? Don't give a shit about companies closing. Don't give a shit about games coming to the West. I'm so hipster. You are very hipster. Yeah. Don't laugh there, guys. Don't worry. No, that was just a statement of fact. <laughs> Speaking of hipster people and or the hipster gaming audience, we're going to move on to our main topic. Woohoo! And that is that um, Doom is making its ever gory and ever steady march towards release. Um, and it's recently shown off its multiplayer beta, which you can actually find on our YouTube. Uh, some grim impressions on the multiplayer beta. But we're talking about the main game, which a lot of people have been wondering is it going to recapture the magic of the first Doom where. You basically spawn in and have to run to the end of a long hallway, killing everything in your path. However, is that something that people want these days? Will it be able to recapture the same magic, or will all the, uh, for want of a better term, cod kiddies come along and, and want something more out of it? Uh, and in the same time, at the same time, is the arena shooter back, or is it going to retreat back into the shadows from where it came? I didn't realise that cod kiddies were able to handle complex game mechanics. Ah, uh, yeah, because dooms. Complex game mechanics are are just overwhelming, aren't they? In in COD, they've got like cover to to think about. In, oh in, God! Actually, you know what? COD is actually quite quite. I, I was, okay, guys. Disclaimer: I don't play COD, but <laughs> COD and now with the double jump and triple jump and sliding and the boost and all the bullshit that there is, it's actually quite a complicated game. Like, uh, um, and and. Compared to Doom, the amount of controls and things that you have to keep in mind is massive. So, so I take it you've played Doom as oh, well, yeah. the new no, Doom? No, not the new one. Not the new one. The old so one. So we're talking about the new one, though, and you've not played COD or Doom, but you're making... A, you're just throwing out some opinions. I have played them. I have played COD, though. Not that Are I you, play it. There's, you, a difference oh, okay, between, right. there's a difference between me playing it on a regular basis okay. and having right. played it. Alright, alright now, alright. Um, the, the, the problem is, is are they making this Doom to appeal more to multiplayer a la COD or um, Rainbow Six Siege? Or are they also Excuse going to give sorry. it a, a, dec- a decent... <laughs> are they going to give it a decent single player experience as well? Well, that's what no, I mean. I, from, considering the beta is just multiplayer, I would assume that they're very much focused on that rather than anything else. But then I guess they don't want any of the plot away. Doom isn't isn't really known for its uh, 
<laughs> it's no. In case it, 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 Vodka's just told Ace that he's dead to him. By the way, listeners, we do. We have a secret chat channel on Mumble, and this is where Vodka spends all his time insulting everyone. But anyway, uh, that's the Doom has never really been that um, set on multiplayer game. It's not really a multiplayer game, and I think that they're going out there with a. Uh, I mean, it's Bethesda, isn't it? They're going out there with to make a, a great single player game, and this is uh, an issue I want to I want to really raise about the game is that. Um, Obviously, they've made a lot about these these executions and the, trying to make it as fast and frantic as possible, but will it be able to really properly capture the magic of Doom? And I mean, Ace brought up Rainbow Six Siege, but that is quite mechanically quite a complex game. Um, will people who enjoy games like that come on to Doom and will they find it too simple, too gory, a bit too, you know, in your face, a bit too simple? Or am I, or, or, or in, in this, am I completely overthinking it and people should just go in there and, and cabbage out and just blow everything to hell? I, I, I'd like to defend my position. I didn't, I was, didn't mean that Rainbow Six Siege was, was a simple multiplayer game. I just meant it was multiplayer focused. There was no single player um, storyline oh, campaign. Oh. <laughs> you said, what did you say? You said, I think, you, I thought you said, like simple mechanics or like something like that, like no, you no. know. <laughs> I, no, I I I I played very poorly the the open beta and yeah, that's it, it was beyond me. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think regarding multiplayer and, and single player, I think that uh, Doom is kind of interesting because the single player is. I mean, this. There's not that many ways you can take uh, Doom single player, and I think the the approach that they're taking now, which is sort of like combining the mobility and and, and uh, speed of of COD games, and even games like that we already seen like Overwatch, that is some baits and things like that, that are really fast and you're really mobile and you jump from you know from platform to platform, uh, and and mix you know shooting and slicing and shooting and Ripping people's arms, you know, your day-to-day doom, doom soldier. Um, so I think that makes it like well, you creating a uh, campaign that actually allows for that a lot, much more than than any COD campaign does. Because if you look, to, if you look to the latest COD campaigns, they're pretty much at the end they're just a COD-based shooter. Um, and and I th- yeah, I think that that. Doom is not going to be is not going to be that. It's going to be much more mobile. However, the multiplayer is is very much like like Call of Duty, um, which I think is kind of cool in a way because it's, it's appealing people that like the old Doom through means that young people like nowadays. Um, I don't know. I'm trying to find it some redeeming value. I think kind of like they know that they're going to have to be very careful because obviously the Doom fan base is absolutely massive and everyone that loves Doom is probably going to buy this game. Um, I mean, they've left out the campaign, which is something that people are going to be probably particularly interested in. So you've got to hope really that it's not going to be rubbish. Otherwise, there is going to be kind of like a lot of people being really upset and pissed off about it. Yeah, well, I think that's. I I don't know what what we've seen from the campaign. I personally think that there is a lot to love, and even though it doesn't have that, you know, that '90s charm 
that that in fact I've in in somatical mind like that you know that because of the nineties self promotion yeah self promotion yeah yes shamelessly um yeah so those nineties games had this very like feel that because of you know the technical limitations that made it feel like very bad and very like in a way challenging and and it was not very they were not spoon fed to you like the the mechanics um which they do now so i think that doom in a way it is not gonna have that that the original doom had but it's it's so like a natural development of what doom was back in the day that it's gonna i don't know i from what i've seen the campaign he i would understand why many people would really really love it and from what i've seen multiplayer i would understand why many halo and cod players would love it so you've got a bit of the best of both worlds if you complain for not being doom enough You'd be complaining for the multiplayer if you complain, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Point made. I don't know. I'm gonna keep talking. Um, <laughs> well, if I, the, this is the vodcast. This listeners. is the vodcast. The game grid vodcast. This is the thing. But um, this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. If we let's switch this over to a different aspect of the uh, of the Doom game, and that is um. We we talked about how whether people will want to play the single player or multiplayer is the whether it will actually be able to properly capture the Doom sort of aesthetic. I mean, we've all seen the well, I hope we've all seen the trailer where a lot of the combat seems to be split into small quick time events slash slow mo kills. Uh, something obviously that the original Doom didn't have because obviously it couldn't it couldn't use them. Um, and that is something that I I've seen Doom fans worrying about whether it's going to break up the flow or not. But what do what do you guys think? Do you think things like these slow motion kills and these um, these execution moves are necessary, or do you think they just break up the flow of, what, of a game that should be all about running, running and gunning? Are they mandatory say... or are they optional to to do? They're optional. Right. Well, I, so I then it's that, that's... kind of poisoning. Well, cake I don't. I don't think they're not. Case. I don't think they're optional. I think there's a button you can press that cancels them out as you start doing them. Well, um, in Lego Marvel's Avengers, they um, when you're doing a, a um, special move with some of the characters, such as such as um, Quicksilver, he move his powers. He moves really fast, um, so he's moving while everything else, including your player two, if there is a player two, is slowed down, um, and that can uh, that can break the flow of player two hitting. Um, the punch button to to knock out bad guys. So I, I can't imagine how how bad an effect have on a multiplayer um, arena shooter. Um, I'm not sure if if an arena like the multiplayer has the the you know these well, cinematic parts. Uh, from what I've seen, it doesn't really. But I may be wrong. So- so I think that it it resembles more Halo's combat than 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 what we see when we saw what we saw in the in the single player. That being said, I think that the single player campaign because the enemies that you're finding are completely different from you know another player that is exactly the same as you is shooting at you, but rather the enemies such as demons that are just running at you trying to bite you, and some of them even shoot things like places that move really slowly um i think that i think that that cinematic and then you jump elsewhere and then you rip somebody's limbs limb and etc 
I think that worked perfectly. I see no reason for it to work in the single player campaign. It's very like stop, stop, and yeah. yeah. Well, it's. Uh, I mean, it, I mean, it's, this is obviously this is all conjecture at the moment, and I, I do believe that we have we have do, someone's taken Doom from Game Grin, haven't they? Have they? Is? Um, Cal. Uh, Cal did a preview is doing of it. it. Oh, the preview is that the multiplayer beta as opposed to the full game. That's right. Yeah, because I'm showing my knowledge of the gaming industry by not knowing when Doom comes out. But uh, obviously, like I said, this is all conjecture as to the single player. I mean, it looks great. I think we can all agree on that. Um, the game looks fantastic at the moment. Their, their design is pretty incredible. I mean, looking at the the gameplay footage that uh, we've got up on the YouTube of the multiplayer beta. It looks pretty smooth and free-flowing in that case, but I didn't actually see any executions on there, really, that were quite long. Um, I'm just checking, and there are executions, but they take, like, half a second or a second tops. Yeah. So if and the, if and that, very occasionally. If that happens in the, um, in the main single-player game, then, then that's fine if they're, if they're literally only half a second long. I mean, it'll be interesting to see what it, what it actually looks like. Um, yes, I'm actually going to surprise the three guests on the podcast today. I was going to try and keep it a secret. It's a shame there aren't more people here, but we actually have questions from what? our listeners. Oh, crazy. Well, oh we have God. two. We have two questions. That's still questions, plural. Amazing. Yeah. I'm so excited. <laughs> and now I'm going to reveal my lack of knowledge because I can't remember. One of them was said to me in person. So I'm trying to remember what the book would oh, be. Oh, so yeah. it's one of your friend's questions. No, it's a listener who may okay. also be a friend. Okay. But uh, yes, James from Huntingdon <laughs> asks, what's our opinion about the debacle going on at Nintendo, or Nintendo US to be more precise, and their sacking of one of their employees? And I can't remember for life me her name, but let me just Google it. I think we briefly Elevate touched music. on we briefly touched on this subject in last week's cast. But seeing as only half of us were there and Alison Rapp. Half of that amount may have not been paying attention. That's it. So if anyone here has an opinion on the same thing, Alison Rapp. Personally, I think that it's a matter of like of of who do you who you believe. If you believe uh Nintendo who says that in fact, this woman had another job, um, or like this Alison Rapp who says that she didn't, and uh, actually Nintendo has just been misogynistic. I don't know. It's, it just seems to me that this misogynistic excuses to be everywhere. Nintendo now. Oh my god! So, I don't know. Seriously, May, like it, it just seems everything anything. that you do to a woman oh, it seems seriously. misogynistic. Shut the fuck up, bud. <sighs> Oh right. dear! So Stop being not, so misogynistic, about, It's not exactly, about, exactly. She's not that. No one said, "Oh yeah, blah blah blah." From what I can glean, it's not to do. She's not said anything about it being misogyny. It's just an unfair dismissal. There's no need to bring in whether the person that got fired was, you know, a woman or or whatever. The person got a hate campaign and then got fired directly after. Which I'm sorry, but like doesn't matter like whether she had another job or like whatever the situation is that we weren't aware of ultimately it doesn't look good on nintendo if they have an employee that receives abuse whether the whether that is you know abuse that you know 
I hate to say it, but like, you know, worthy, which it, ne it never no, is, I, or whether see, it I... wasn't, but like then, you know, you can't just then sack someone after that. It just doesn't make sense. I don't think there's any reason to bring kind of misogyny or feminism into that necessarily. Uh, well, why is it? Okay, so when all the abuse came, obviously any kind of abuse, also that abuse was completely unjustified. Um, and and it was targeted at her and some of the things that they were said were, were quite overtly uh, sexist. Which, which obviously I think that these this are not in the conversation because they're just so out of place that they can't be condoned at any point. Um, but I think that the fact that after that campaign it was all like uh, because of that of that no campaign sorry abuse um, because of that abuse it was revealed that she actually had another job. I think that that doesn't excuse doesn't excuse Alison uh, Rap for not being for not being fired. If she actually was having uh, she actually had another job and was not within the the you know possibilities that the Nintendo the contract with Nintendo allowed. I think that Nintendo didn't didn't need to give any explanations regarding the abuse. It was like, oh yeah, we found that it it was because it was because of the abuses, but that's that's she couldn't do that anyway. She violated the contract. That's it. That's not like I don't think that. And and if we see if we're trying to like paint Nintendo as like, oh yeah, like so evil because they like they fired somebody after a hate campaign. Um, I think that that gives this woman sort of like invulnerability against Nintendo, which I'm not sure but why she should have if it. If Nintendo fired her because of a contract breach, why would they say that she wasn't a good, safe representative of Nintendo? It would indicate that, like, as a person, like, they don't want her as an employee. That doesn't tend to indicate that it's because of a second job. I mean... Well, there were I'm, other rumours not... that she was... Uh... I mean, I, I only got this. I've only heard this through like the grapevine, but that, um, and I'm not suggesting this is a reason to sack her, but that she was mocking uh, Japanese um, versions of games that were coming over to the US. I think uh, Fire Emblem, and particularly pointing out certain things that were left out from the Japanese version and the American version um, uh, on her Twitter account, and I don't know whether. Um, Nintendo believes that a, a, a person's uh, Twitter account is, you know, indicative of and a representative of their brand, but that might be a reason for them to. I mean, I, it's not a fireable offence, if anything, it's just a warning offence, but um, that's other things that are out there. I mean, nobody's really innocent in this thing, I don't think, or totally innocent in any case. I think the problem is, is that. Honestly, it shouldn't really be something that we're even talking about. Not we personally, but like we as a community are even talking about. Like it's got way too much media coverage. Someone got fired because they breached their contract, according to Nintendo. And, you know, they had a hate campaign, which which is horrible and shouldn't never have happened. But like, I don't know, it seems like everything nowadays that involves a woman in the gaming kind of industry gets turned into a massive like hoo-ha yes i just used the phrase hoo-ha well it's not like nintendo don't have a previous of this anyway they sacked a um 
a member of staff after uh, they appeared he appeared on a podcast without their authorization um, way back in 2015 I believe last year sometime so it's clearly something they're pretty hot on yeah well Nintendo is well, obviously a very image conscious company yeah well you have to remember they're very family focused with their, their Mario brand and everything there's there's not very many um adult ish adult market games on on their consoles well uh, i think if we, if we if we delve into that one too much we'll end up running over time so we'll move on to our uh thanks for the question james now let me try and find i've got i'm searching through my gmail trying to find the other one uh, so if you have a question for the show, tweet it so we can find it. Yeah, tweet it so I don't have to put elevator music while I look for a question. Yeah, don't send it yeah. to the person pretending to be me. Can I can I just um, say something real quick um, about what we were talking while Alex finds the question? Yep. Um, <laughs> I think Alex Alison Rapp did say at some point that she was being targeted. Um, in her Twitter, she said that she was being targeted by gamer gators um, and misogynistic. Um, so I think that's why my comment came about today, uh, really, because I think that that in in an event which is completely um, like within the company like this, I don't think that anybody. I mean, I don't think abuses have any redeeming aspect of it. All the people that were the har- harassers, but yeah, I think that yeah, that it's, it's just much of legality, and I think that's not. It's not. It's not about. Game yeah, it, really. I, I, it, I agree entirely. At least on the Nintendo thought. side. At least on the Nintendo Nintendo side, of course, the harassers are a different breed. But I don't think that's what we're talking about here. Yeah, I agree entirely with you, and I'm sorry for telling you to shut the fuck up earlier. I love you, really. <laughs> okay, on. I found it. I found it. I found it. Um, Alistair from. Uh, where is it? Is, does he has he put it? Is it from Thedas? Is it from Denerim? Alistair, King Alistair? No, it's not Aislister. It. I think you need to calm down. Huh. No, it's not Ace, It's not Aislister. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he hasn't put where he's from. He hasn't put where he's from, but he's uh, I, I, it's a .co.uk email address. So, um, yeah, he has obviously not listened to our our podcast about VR because he's emailed in to ask um, if which VR if we if we uh, well, actually, to be fair, if if we had the choice and the money, which VR uh, product would we each like to purchase or get? Basically, well, that's a good question. Asked. I think definitely Probably PlayStation Oculus VR. Rift. Oh, straight away. So, Asus, go... Asus is PlayStation VR. MZ's Oculus. I'm gonna go for. <laughs> I'm gonna put for uh, Sim. So none of us will be playing together. Yeah. Uh, no, I go. I go with the Oculus as well. It's, hey. it's VR. The, the whole point is to not play with anyone else in the room. Yeah, uh, but hold on. I thought many. I think I thought Oculus and and Steam VR were interchangeable. Like you could use both of them, Don't like in the, in the same games. I, I have no idea, to be honest. I'm, <laughs> so, I'm not. I'm, yeah, I'm not re- a game. Really I'm not a game show realist. <laughs> Sorry, Alistair. Um, well, we've given our personal. Opinions. Yeah, we've given our personal opinion. I. All right, I, let's go with with reasons why. I mean, I'll, I'll start by just saying that I think that the, the Oculus has had the most development money behind it so far, um, and also there's a lot of stuff out there already optimized for it, uh, and there's only going to be more. And, and also, and I don't Google really want to go. 
I don't want to go crashing around my um, crashing around my bedroom with one that's like with, with requires me to run around and stuff using body sensors. The the Oculus is a Facebook product. <laughs> that's it. That's your reason. <laughs> no, but the, no. The, the, the reason I um, said PlayStation VR is because my PC can't handle anything. So oh, I get fair the console. Oh yeah, that's a, that's a very good. I might have a useless Oculus set in that case. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that. Um, Alice's yeah, but question. if money were no object, yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, we're going to be getting pimped out desktops anyway, guys. <laughs> Let let's dream big. Yeah, I think uh, the reason why I said Steam VR is because Oculus, even though it's true that it's got a lot of money behind it, and and it's it's had um, you know now it has a lot of games optimized for, for, by it. I think that the presence of Steam and now so many VR games coming through Steam means that having a reliable um, developer such as, you know, Valve will mean that they'll try to push uh, VR games through, you know, Steam VR, which which it may not true. It may not be true, but um but, but yeah. That's my reason. MZ, do you have a, a real reason for the Oculus apart from mistakenly thinking it was a Google product? <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. I thought that, you know, it just slide on by. Uh, I genuinely thought it was a Google product, showing my uh, my knowledge there, and I thought that was a good reason to go by it. Uh, no, I, I think kind of I've um, had a little bit of time with the Oculus Rift um, before, and I liked it, and why not stick with what you know? Well, there you go. Uh, and with that, we're coming nicely, we're arriving nicely at the end of the podcast. So, uh, first off, I'd just like to thank uh, James and Alistair for their questions. And if you have any questions, uh, listener, then don't forget to tweet them or direct message them to our uh, our Twitter account at Grincast or to me at adhamilton91, and uh, that way I'll be able to find them easier than if they're in my Gmail, which is a cluster of spam. Um, yes, welcome to the end of the podcast. Thanks for getting here. Uh, and now I'm about to launch into my usual spiel. Uh, if you're looking for Game Grin, you can find us at www.gamegrin.com, which is also the home of the podcast. The podcast can also be found on iTunes and the occasional episode up on SoundCloud. Just remember to search Game Grin Grincast. Game Grin is also on Facebook and YouTube. Just search Game Grin. And as we mentioned previously, we have a Doom multiplayer beta video that has just gone up with the lovely Cal telling us his opinions on the release. Now, you can also find all of our articles, reviews, and previews on the Game Grim website uh, as they crop up. And remember to check out our sister company, uh, Game On, which do magazines of all sorts for lots of specific games, and they're all beautifully made and well-designed. I'm fairly sure that's about it. So uh, thanks from me, uh, Hamiltonius, and thanks to Ace, MZ, and Vodka, and thanks to you, listener. And we will see you next week when we will hopefully be streaming the podcast live on Twitch. But until then, game on.